1: Gareth Nicholson is with us, CIO and Head of Discretionary Portfolio Management at International Wealth Management. So a couple of things here that are pretty interesting. We had a a strong, I guess you'd call it solid jobs report in the U.S., which seemed to indicate the Fed would stay ultra-aggressive, yet equities rallied. And then we had what Ed was just talking about here, about uh, China. Reassessing, or not reassessing, but reaffirming its its COVID uh, is very serious COVID zero policies, and yet we're seeing a bounce here in Asia. Not sure it'll hold, but it does send a message that investors are looking beyond the kind of daily headline news. What is that message, Gareth? <laughs> Well, good
2: morning. Yeah, I agree with you. Very interesting. I mean, Friday's numbers, I think they were a little bit more uh, balanced. Uh, Yeah, non-farm payrolls was very strong, but unemployment and some of the other metrics where we look at participation, uh, that was a bit more mixed. So I think for the Fed, uh, it's state costs. They're still going to raise, I think, 50 basis points in December, 50 in Feb, and and maybe another one uh, in March of twenty-five. We're getting that terminal rate up. It's going to at least decrease the acceleration, which some markets are, uh, you know, some markets are looking at. I call well, that's at least some sort of positive. Um, the equity news, uh, I think, was driven largely by the, uh, the the positive sentiment in China on Friday. Uh, I mean, sentiment has been terrible. Let's be honest, in China for some time now, and uh, that shift has come from very low base of positioning, very low base of of, of any sort of a, a positive uh, move there. Um, the unwinding of that given you said the statements on uh, on sunday uh, this morning I, I think the trickiness there is people now believe that you know uh you don't get fire without some sort of smoke and we're seeing some sort of smoke our house call has been the reopening to be fully up by march uh, there looks like plans are starting to build around that so yes it's not mm-hmm. gonna likely be now but it's getting close
3: do you get a feeling, though, that there's kind of a lot of hope going around at the moment? I mean, the, yeah, OK, China's going to open eventually, but the word unswerving commitment to COVID-0 is not exactly ambiguous. And we've heard from the Fed this week as well saying, you know, Thomas Barkin, it's conceivable we could get to 5%, Lawrence Summers, 6%. Are markets reflecting hope more than reality here?
2: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the idea of uh, volatility, I mean, uh, liquidity is very low people are getting a little bit uh, lethargic with regards to this bear market end of year positioning uh, i think this is much more technical driven than fundamentals um so when fundamentals start uh, coming through again and we start looking at terminal rates start looking at it's going to take a while for the reopening trade in china to really to come through then you know there's still going to be further pain we're still sitting pretty defensively for that region but there's tactical trades going into the end of the year for sure
1: I guess, though, with the Fed raising 375 basis points, we're closer to the end than the beginning. Absolutely.
2: Uh, and the acceleration is on to decelerate. So not only uh, are you close to, uh, you know, the light the end of the tunnel, this breakneck speed is also starting to become a little bit more uh, understandable. So... You know, certain markets are going to start looking, okay, we can we can actually manage in this environment. Other markets, you know, ones that are really sensitive to rates and really sensitive to uh, keeping them low for a long time so they can find innovation in the future, uh, they're going to struggle. But industrials yeah. and, and other old economies, they're pretty solid.
3: We were having a discussion about the broader macro environment. There's some competing narratives out there. So what do you buy uh, considering the investing landscape right now? Brian mentioned that you can get some good yields right now on treasuries.
2: Well, yeah, I think that's, that's a key thing that investors need to, uh, you know, just take a look at themselves with a bit of humility. The last few years has all been about those home runs. It's about the, the mega caps, the, the crypto, the S&P hitting 20%, you know, just uh, hanging in there and letting the Fed do the, the real heavy lifting. Now, We really feel we're in an environment where, if we use the same sports analogy, it's about finding those base hits. We need solid... You know, uh, place So you talked about, uh, you know, treasury bills offering four percent. You can get IG short dated paper six, seven percent. You can get a number of interesting uh, asset classes which are offering a very attractive yield if you take your blinders off from what you received, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, and really just focus on building the base of solid income for a pretty tough period still to come. We're still entering into a recession in in large economies over the next quarter or, or more, uh, and building those. I think at the moment, fixed income, uh, p- particularly the flexibility of uh, you know liquid assets that are still giving you income that's protecting against inflation. This is where you want to be, and wait for the opportunity to move into potentially the, the China trade when you have a reopening, move into Japan trade when the currency stabilizes, move into uh, you know, a number of other regions when you have a little bit more clarity. But it's not about you know sitting and waiting. Now it's about actively managing that income.
1: Mm. So I, I I was tempted into thinking over the past uh, couple of weeks that we wind up in a better place here with um, higher rates than before, uh, if only because, you know, for a lot of, uh, you know, widows and and others uh, for savings, they don't have to get into more riskier um, investments. They can collect 3 4% uh, or 5% or so with uh, treasury yields. The only thing is that You know, I'm starting to think that if inflation is this sticky and you have it up there around six, seven, eight percent, even the safety of a treasury at four percent means you're losing money. And so I'm wondering whether this would push people into, you know, still ever riskier investments.
2: You're right, you gotta find that balance, right? But I think investment grade, liquid, short paper that's offering you roundabout inflation, that's a pretty good start place to start. It's much better than just sitting in, in cash and doing nothing. Yes, cash is earning something and you know, fixed deposits are a lot more attractive than they have been for the last five years. But it's still about actively managing the risk. To your point, having some credit risk in there to be able to offset uh, um, the value in. And I mean, we know this year has been phenomenal with regards to both bonds and equity, really selling off at historical levels. We think that the fixed income is likely to come back stronger next year, at least for the beginning part, when we start seeing a bit of a shift in the acceleration and the uh, you know where the terminal is. You know, we're close to the end. So for those uh, for those investors that are looking for stable income. You know, bonds is something that starts looking attractive again after a terrible year. You know, entry level is getting interesting. It's selecting the, uh, the, the sectors and then the duration, which uh, matches uh, an environment of slower growth, recession.
3: And that was Gareth Nicholson we were talking to. He's the CIO and head of discretionary portfolio management at uh, International Wealth Management.